This is why I'm on this episode, isn't it? Because we have one Mike who hates everything and now one Mike who likes everything. <laughs> this was the plan, wasn't it? Hello and welcome to the Euro What, episode number 151 for the week of April 4th, 2022. I'm Ben Smith and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest and this week we'll be talking about the last six songs of the first semifinal with our special guest, Mike Nothnagel. Did this feel like the longest week ever to you? Yes, it did. It's just been a weird week temporarily and I don't know like if the Oscars set it off or just like what... Yeah, for me, it was the Oscars, and then uh, Dothy Frere was in Chicago. That was a really fun show. Uh, also, the American Song Contest in the mix. Like, it just felt like there was something happening every day after, what, over two years of nothing happening? Yes, yes. <laughs> so. And I, have, I, I haven't, like, haven't adequately done, like, the calisthenics needed to handle that kind of event schedule. Exactly. By Thursday, I was completely useless and on the couch most of the day. <laughs> Don't tell my office. So. Yep. The secret is safe with me. Excellent. Well, also just like in the middle of all this, so much stuff happened since we last dropped an episode. Yes, yes. But it's good good news for the most part. The Euro What Podcast, the place where Eurovision news happens five seconds after we record. We now have a running order for the semifinals. Hooray. I feel like the first semifinal was tougher to set up than the second semifinal like it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of wiggle room for what they could do with the first semifinal. yeah well and i was reading an interview with one of the people who's responsible for that and they were just mentioning they have a lot of things to consider like the energy of the show who's going real ambitious with their staging and needs time for setup albania will be the one opening the first semifinal and armenia is closing that semifinal and then in semifinal two, Finland will be opening the show. My my understanding is they do have very ambitious staging. They're doing something. And then it'll be lights off, turning off the lights of semifinal two. I did like that one closing things because I did like a title like lights off is a real good show closer. Not a ton of big surprises, I don't think. We'll talk about this later in our interview portion of things. I thought it was interesting that Armenia is closing the show. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think looking at the lineup of semifinal one, they've done an admirable job of taking a lot of different pasta being thrown at the wall and giving it the chance to stick. Yeah, we, we are finally getting the structure to the contest that we so love here at the Euro What. And uh, we also have ticket info, sort of. Sort so, of. <laughs> yeah, uh, tickets will be going on sale Thursday, April 7th. We do have a link to the ticket vendor website. Uh, it's going to be through Ticket One. And maybe tickets will be there on Thursday. Oh, I hope so. So <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, miss, I misspoke. Tickets of Beauty. Tickets of Beauty will be available on Thursday. Um, not not the sound of tickets. Not the sound of tickets. Yes. Uh, that that's what you will be able to see on Twitter Thursday. Supposedly is the sound of tickets or the sound of not tickets. The sound of gnashing of teeth and uh, pitchforks clanging. So, <laughs> what is Manskin doing? This is so long ago. March 22nd? I think that was it. The iHeartRadio Awards happened. 
And Monoskin were nominated in a few categories. They were nominated for Best New Pop Artist, TikTok Bop of the Year. Ew. Uh, <laughs> they lost both of those categories to uh, Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, but they did win Best New Alternative Performance. So uh, congratulations to them. Yes, and, and good for Olivia Rodrigo. Good for her. We are recording this right before the Grammys, so uh, I have I have a feeling these are not going to be the biggest uh, trophies on her award shelf. I would also would not be surprised if we see Monaskin pop up on the Grammys red carpet, given that they are very good at wearing outfits. Monaskin having a busy last couple weeks. They've also announced a North American and European tour. The U.S. states are are interesting. Like, at least on on my end of things, they are popping through Boston the Saturday after Thanksgiving, so I have not yet purchased tickets because I need to think about what my Thanksgiving plans are first. Whereas in Chicago, uh, there wasn't a Chicago date or really anywhere nearby. I think the closest date was uh, Detroit. And yeah, it was kind of a bummer to see that, only to find out later in the week that they are part of the Lollapalooza lineup. Which, uh, yes, I I, uh, <laughs> I kind of called that one when, when the dates came out just because I was like, okay, festivals usually have an exclusivity clause. Has Lollapalooza announced yet? It hasn't. And then like literally the next day it announced. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, great for them. And like, again, they got another prominent spot on the poster. They got like a legible slot on the lineup. For somebody who is uh, no longer of Lollapalooza age, it was just kind of uh, demoralizing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I may have to do that Detroit date if I'm going to go see them live. <laughs> the Dothy Frere show for me was like the first time just like standing in a concert venue for a couple hours. I'm just like, can I do this and now? Mm-hmm. Is my body willing to let me do this? Even without the pandemic and everything. Lollapalooza is just a big, big ask. Like, when I moved to Chicago, it was during Lala weekend. That was not part of my plan. It was like, no, I have to be, like, in Chicago by this date. And, uh, yeah, U-Haul going by Grant Park uh, at that time, not recommended. Uh, no. I'll put it that way. So. <laughs> This one's less of a Cosa Staffacendo Monoskin and more of a Cosa Staffacendo Donnie Montel. I don't know what it is, but apparently local Broadway series love Lithuania's 2016 entry. I've been waiting for this night because it keeps popping up and we keep getting Eurovisions in the wild sent to us. I'm guessing it's the same company that's doing this because you spotted this in Boston and then we found out about one recently in Dallas. So. I don't know how or why they ended up licensing this song. But it does delight <laughs> me to think that like every year Donnie Montel gets like a couple of different residual checks. Mm-hmm. What they cut it down to is very good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a good use of the track. It's just very, very random. It's, it's like the one time when I heard uh, Germany's entry, Perfect Life, in the grocery store. I'm just like, what? why is this happening? This isn't supposed to happen here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but it is such a Dwayne Reed song now that I think about it. And uh, yeah, like there, there have been other times at like CVS and Walgreens where random Eurovision tracks have popped up. I'm just like, but but why? Yeah, so- just like the, the person who's like <laughs> quietly sneaking those into like a Coles playlist for the for the spring. Excellent work. Keep throwing me off. Throw us a line. Like we we would love to talk to you about this. I'm fascinated. I think that's getting us kind of caught up in the news right now. Like we're in that part of the season where it's all of the pre-parties happening and everybody just kind of getting their plans together for what is going to happen on the Eurovision stage. So it's a lot of, oh, costumes will be designed by this person or this act will have three dancers on stage. And it's like, okay, this isn't like 
all that interesting. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like fully news, but occasionally we get like some good little nuggets. And like in this case, again, we now know when tickets are theoretically. I guess we can continue with our series of checking in on all of this year's entries within their semifinal. Yeah, so we are closing out the first semifinal, and since we have the running order, we're going to talk about this last batch of songs that we have not already talked about in the order they will be performing. And we we chatted with my friend Mike Nothnagel, who is relatively new to the contest. This is a good batch for somebody who is new to Eurovision. Like, I, I think it does hit a lot of the highs and... Not really the lows. I, I I think it was a pretty even set, but th- there's some variety in there. Welcome to the show, Mike. Well, thank you for having me. It's a it's a pleasure to be here, as the kids say. The hottest ticket in town, and this last little batch of semifinal one has like some nice breath of what Eurovision can be. Where it might be nice to have someone who's newer to the contest join us and give their opinions. And like you are somewhat newer to this, having gotten roped in by me writing a puzzle about the contest last year. Yes, this is all your fault. Was that your first introduction to Eurovision? Yeah, I think in a substantial way anyway. I mean, I knew I knew it was a thing and I may have seen clips from various years before, but certainly a substantial dive into the world of Eurovision is as I said Ben's fault during Mystery Hunt and writing puzzles and having him send me clips of, Mike, this is this song. You have to watch this. And every time, like a sucker, I'm like, all right, and here we are. So we are going to kick things off with Portugal, who is performing 10th in the running order. They are sending Maro and Sodade, Sodade. So Maro won Festival de Cansao uh, and won both the jury and the televote of Portugal's selection process. Uh, she is based in L.A. and a uh, fun Boston connection. She studied at the Berklee College of Music, although I feel like we see a bunch of Eurovision people with that somewhere in their background, which is which is always fun to see. I think it's a major at Berkeley. You can major in Eurovision. I should I should really check that. Just like do do they have like a part time masters program? Because I have credentials. Yeah, it's it's night classes a couple of couple of times a week. It's it's kind of a it's kind of convenient. Mike, as our guest, what did you think of this one? This one was okay for me. Um, I attempted to make some kind of hierarchy or taxonomy of these six, and it sort of fell in the bottom half. And I think one of the main reasons I realized is I wished it had all been in Portuguese. I thought the Portuguese part of the song was much more engaging than the English part. And I don't know why. Maybe it was because of the music change when they went into mostly Portuguese. But it just it sounded like a more interesting song when it wasn't in English, if that makes any sense. Totally. Totally. Mike, how are you feeling about this one? I really like this song, but I I think that is an interesting observation because... I don't find myself singing along with this necessarily. Like, it's kind of a lullaby and just kind of like a mood and a tone for the room. If you ask me to sing along, I would not be able to do that. Yeah, and it's also interesting because Portugal has kind of changed up their strategy. Up until last year, all of their entries had been in Portuguese. English has become 
a pretty major part of their selection process. So this is the second year in a row that they are having a predominantly English track uh, as a representative. But yeah, there's just something about the mood of this and just the ease of it that I am really responding to. What what do you think of this one, Ben? I feel the same way in that I like that Portugal just likes to send a vibe to the contest. This very much ties in with with Salvador Sobral, which they won with. It very much feels in the same space as what they sent when they were the host of just sort of just sort of like a vibe for three minutes, which is great. I could see this one kind of getting lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting way to put it. I'll glom onto what Mike said about sort of kind of a lullaby and kind of not. I realized after listening to these six that there are, I think it's at least three, maybe four, depending on how you slice it, that have sort of a significant tempo change in them. And this one seemed like the least effective tempo change, maybe because it was kind of vibey the whole way. And so it kind of, again, sort of fell in the mix because it wasn't as stark or it wasn't as standy outy as some of the other ones. So that's kind of interesting that 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 you picked up on that too. Now that you're mentioning that, I am getting more and more concerned about its placement in the running order because it is just like right there in the center of the show. Yeah, it really could get lost in the shuffle, particularly with what is following it. It is kind of the pivot point for the semifinal of getting into a more up-tempo space, but I don't know if people are going to necessarily recognize that that is the big contributor to that. <laughs> I like that even though this is in English, they're still do- it's named after just a very Portuguese concept. Like, Sodade is basically kind of, for lack of a better way of... It's it's Portuguese ennui. So it's it's still feeling very Portuguese. On one hand, I I can see this one kind of getting locks in the mix. On the other hand, I thought that Love is on my side was not going to go through last year. And there and look at how it did. True. I'm with him and you're a secret treasure. He's devotion, you're a guilty pleasure. I'm with him and this is real life, honey. Guess the joke's no longer funny. I'm with him until the death do us part. But it doesn't do for this hungry heart. I'm with him, but in the frantic head, you always come and say, Would you run away? Would you run away with me? Would you run away? Would you run away? Next in the running order in slot 11 is Croatia and Mia Dimšić with Guilty Pleasure. Mia won Dora. She is a singer and songwriter who cites Taylor Swift, C- Casey Musgraves, Nora Jones, and Willie Nelson as influences, which I think comes through quite clearly uh, in this track. Uh, in 2018, she won Album and Song of the Year at the Porum Awards, uh, which are kind of the Croatian Grammys. And she's had several number one songs on the Croatian Top 40. So kind of a big deal in Croatia. Not really a surprise that she would move on to be their selection. So, uh, Mike, what did you think of this track? So I deliberately read all of the artist bio and kind of background information after listening to each of the songs, just so I could kind of go in completely uh, unbiased or whatever the word is. And about five seconds into this song, I said, this sounds very Taylor Swifty to me. And then I read the bio. I'm like, there it is. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) There it is. Right. This was my least favorite of the six. Something had to be my least favorite. I didn't think it was necessarily, it's not a bad song. And it was interesting that I listened to 
because we listen to them in alphabetical order. So I listened to this one first, and then Portugal was last. And I was like, huh, we're kind of back to where we started here. It sort of made almost a circle. It's fine. I don't. I don't. I. I feel like I'm. I'm. I'm a horrible guest because I'm talking about how samey and mediocre all these songs are. Um, just wait. But I found myself distracted by the staging of the song, and that's not good. I was watching more what was happening around her than I realized I was listening to her. And I don't know if that says something about the staging that, like, maybe she should tone it down a bit or she I don't know. It was just it was, I realized at the end, I was like, oh, I just missed like 30 seconds of this song and needed to go back and listen again. I, I think when we had first talked about this, when someone popped up in our Twitter mentions to be, be like, it's specifically this Taylor Swift song. Uh, oh, yeah. and it was a, it was like a completely <laughs> different Taylor Swift song that I was singing. I hear the chorus and my brain immediately goes to you belong with me. Uh, but the problem with my brain is that right next to you belong with me is like a tumblr post for why are shorts called shorts but pants are, aren't called longs because because the response that happens to it is she wears short shorts i wear long longs she's cheer cheerer and i'm on the sit sits <laughs> so that literally enters my brain every time i, li- I listen to this song none of those are words <laughs> Oh Ben, why did you ruin this song for me? Uh, oh yeah, yeah you're, ne- you're, you're never. It's it's the FedEx arrow. You're never going to be able to hear that song again. This is why I'm on this episode, isn't it? Because we have one mic who hates everything, and now one mic who likes everything. <laughs> and this this is this was the plan, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I agree with you about the sameness of this, and I think that that is one of the challenges of this particular semifinal because. Most of the second half of the semifinal is very samey. The way that I've kind of compartmentalized it among all of the songs in this year's contest is it's the Lilith Fair Taylor's version of uh, of the competition. <laughs> I like this, and I agree with you about the staging. Like, I, I was not a fan of what was happening with that. And I think they did say that they are going to be changing it up. They, I think they may be getting rid of the dancer or just completely changing his role, uh, which I think is a good call. But yeah, like, I, I think this is a very contemporary song and perfectly pleasant but i don't know if that necessarily makes it interesting or interesting enough for it to really be in the conversation like i'm not getting winter vibes no 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 i i do not get winter vibes and i agree like it's it's pleasant and but that's sort of it right i have a feeling that most of the songs that we're talking about tonight aren't going to make it through like i I feel like it is Four of these songs are all battling for the same general slot in in the final, like in terms of like song archetypes. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I, I don't think I can go as far to say that I confused which song was which, but I had to pause and remember, oh, right, that was Portugal. Oh, right, that was Croatia. And that's enough to to kind of get what you're getting at is they're all they're all bottlenecking through the same door here. Armenia's entry also falls into this category, and that's the one that's going to be closing out the show. So yeah, there's just a lot of um a lot of the same vibe. And the thing is, like, it is a vibe that I particularly respond to. Like this is this is my like high school CD collection right here. So um I'm in favor of it, but I don't I don't know if but that's But is is the entirety of Europe who actually gets to vote on this going to be in favor of it? Right. And it's also not nineteen ninety seven. So yes. also yeah <laughs> 
speaking of the staging, I wrote down my first thing that I wrote down when I was taking notes was, ah, where did he come from? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. It's a dancer. And and then I was like, is this like a David Copperfield routine? Is like, are like 100,000 people going to come out from that little set that she's sitting on? Is that why it's built that way? And that's the whole, it's like, all right. I'm, I'm the Statue of Liberty is suddenly going to appear. Kind of. Yeah. I was really waiting for like more people. And then it was like, nope, just the one dancer. All right. Okay. More, more things that the various staging teams need to consider. What about sleight of hand magic? <laughs> That's right. Who can, can somebody can somebody make a coin vanish or appear from her ear? Just one of those performances where they dump a bucket of confetti and she's in a new dress. There we go. <laughs> to just spice things up. Love it. Love it. Directly following Croatia is going to be Denmark's entry, Reddy's The Show. Reddy won the Donsk Melody Grand Prix. Uh, they are a band founded by the drummer, uh, Ihan Haidar, who is part of the band for Saluna Samay's 2012 entry, Should Have Known Better. Like this one, in the moment when it won, I was like, this was the correct choice for Denmark of their choices. But the more I sit with it in the context of this semifinal, the more I'm like, uh-oh. Before I go into that much further, uh, Mike, what did you think of this one? I liked this one. And I put it, I have a couple that are sort of tied in my in my ranking, but this was you know, tied in the upper half. Another one where there's a tempo change, and this is one where it's much starker than Portugal's say. I loved the fast part of this song infinitely more than I liked the slow part of this song. It's almost like we had two songs and we kind of put them together to make a song, but I was kind of digging this one. They looked like they were enjoying themselves. And I think that goes sort of a long way from my <laughs> in my limited exposure to this. I kind of gravitate toward the songs where the people performing them seem to be enjoying performing them. And so that 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 kind of kind of hooked me in. I could not get away from the fact that every time she sang the chorus, I felt like she was describing like binge watching a TV show. You won't get me away from the show. No, I need one more episode. And I just had to say, no, that is not what she is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but what if she is? <laughs> if it is, I like it more. <laughs> and and fun is not the reason that anything is going to win. And you know, the actual song might have something to do with it. But it was a fun song. And again, maybe it was after Croatia. It was like, ooh, this is better. The one thing I did think about, though, is that it, it follows a a winner from last year that was very much sort of a hard, rocky song. And I wonder if that's going to kind of work against it. Having no real experience, you know, watching this over the years and what wins following something else. But I'm like, oh, would a second rock song win? That was that was one thing. It's a good song, but is it is it, you know, come back next year with this one when something else wins first kind of a thing? I think it, it's hitting a different part of the rock space. It, it still has that kind of retro rock vibe that I think Monoskin uh, really taps into. So, yeah, it may be similar in that way, but there are also harder rock entries that are in this year's field. So 
I don't know. There's going to be a lot of comparisons. There were a lot of bands this year because yes. uh, there is a lot of the like, well, it worked that last year. Let's try it out. Well, yeah, there are some countries who see what Windsor like. We're going to do that. I was genuinely surprised that this was not the closer for the semifinal. Like, it really does feel like a kind of grand finale type song. I'm not sure what to make of it being where it is in the lineup, particularly with Austria following it. I like the song. I think it's it's fun to listen to. I also agree that it does take a long time to get to the fun part. Like, <laughs> let's get to that fireworks factory. For me, it feels like the Grammy performance of, like, a hit single that is entirely that up-tempo, where they want to do something different and, and just sort of open it and do, ooh, we're doing the slow version. But we don't want to hear the slow version of Good For You, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want to get to the part where you're very angsty. Yeah. When she was sitting down at the piano and I noticed she had, uh, you know, the guitar strap around her. I'm like, all right, get to the guitar part. Come on, let's go. That is my one criticism. Like, it needs to get to the fast part. way Because, like, it, it takes, like, a full third of the song for that to kick off. I'm just like, you have three minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to go. It feels like there are a lot of good opener, good closer songs that the people figuring out the lineup for this particular semifinal had to go. Well, we have two of them. We can pick two of them, and the other ones we sort of had to prop up elsewhere to keep the momentum going. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, if this ended up swapping spaces with Armenia, like we just would have had three of the same type we of would, song. We would have had just like yeah. coffee time. Yep. Which is which is fine, but not the vibe that that the middle of the lineup wants to go for. I'm trying to remember which Eurovision again it was, because I'm pretty sure you're, uh, Mike and I watched that one like a second time where I'm just like, yeah, just this is like the second one where it's just like a white guy with a guitar and two backing singers. And it's going to be like three of these in a row. Yes. I'm so sorry. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost like, is this what it's always like? Is, is, is it just this? <laughs> Every country was asked to send their nicest male singer and two backing singers and that was it <laughs> here here's the brief check off the boxes send us people Following Austria will be Iceland in slot 14 with Sister and Met Heiken Te Sol. No, no. You were very close. You were very close. Met Heiken Te Sol. Sister is Siga, Beta, and Ellen. They rebranded after they won Song for Kepnen. Uh, their former band, uh, Sissy I, played Glastonbury in 2016, so they definitely have some bonafides behind them. Uh, Ellen also performed Waterloo as an interval act at Song for Kepnen in 2020. Mike, what did you think of this track? If there wasn't another song in this group, uh, this would have been my favorite. I dug this song from beginning to end. I don't know what it was about it. I loved it. I loved the vibe. I re- my notes say, the only way this could be any more Icelandic is if they were eating fermented shark on rye bread while singing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was in from the beginning, all the way. It was amazing. I loved it. The, they sounded great. The The different guitar parts with the little kind of... Uh, uh, what's the one I want? Reverb or echoing? Just it was. I loved. I loved it. 
I feel like everybody at Song of the Captain seems like surprised that this one won, particularly uh, Sister. I do like how this one just keeps growing on people. It's grown on me some more, too. All of the, the videos before their performances in Song of the Captain had them doing these very richly harmony-driven covers of other songs. Where I'm just like, I just want like the covers album from them. We've talked about this part of the semifinal where it's like, the artist with the, where it's a lady with a guitar. But like this one stands out because there are multiple of them and they are singing in harmony and like there's it just feels really good like this one kind of feels like a synthesis of all of the women with guitars in this semi-final like it has the harmonies from portugal and it has the guitar work from armenia and croatia and the simplified staging which i'm kind of expecting from greece i think it's kind of pulling all of the things that we like from those other entries together to make something even greater than the sum of its parts. Right. I think with Iceland, a lot of people were expecting like Daughters of Reykjavik just because that was a very loud choice, and Iceland has made very loud choices the last few years with Hattori and with Dati Freire. Mm-hmm. So it, it would have been a logical conclusion, but like I kind of like that they swerved and picked something quieter. Yeah. This is the song that, after all the individual artists have sung their song they come out and do the encore all together that's that's this song i feel like we're we're not going to get as gung-ho of a roof rollout as we've got in the last years i don't feel like we're going to get like a custom custom icelandic bus <laughs> what would the sister bus look like <laughs> <laughs> i'm starting with the partridge family bus and trying to figure out where to go from there oh okay i mean i think they could just do that i think that, i think that's the right aesthetic sure yeah. okay uh- <laughs> all right Got it. <laughs> I keep referring to this one when I'm explaining what various things are to people as Icelandic first aid kit. First aid kit is the Swedish sister group, which I think that's part of where the great harmonies come from is these are people who have been singing together for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like both of those groups have sort of like a folk country edge with just really good harmonies. So again, I, I expect this one to sort of like sneak up on people in a field of things where it should be just one of many. It really stands out. Yeah, especially in this group of six it is one of a couple that are very different than the others in a sense and you know i don't think that's entirely why i liked it because it was ooh something different but it's something different in a good way beyond just the difference yeah and i really like where this is positioned in the lineup like i think it's a really good palate cleanser after austria which I don't think it's going to be to everyone's taste. It's not to my taste. <laughs> but I, I don't think it's going to end up getting lost for being uh, like it, it has enough of a point of contrast where people will still remember it. But it's not something that they need to remember right away before the voting happens. Like there's still that time for it to kind of sink in and just be like, oh, yeah, that one was really good. Or I'm still thinking about that one uh, as I'm getting ready to dial the phone. So. I think Iceland really benefited from its its draw in the running order. to 
performing directly after Iceland will be Greece and Amanda Georgiati Tenfjord and Die Together. I think that the Greek delegation has done that because Amanda Tenfjord is Greek. She is not Norwegian, as her name might suggest, but she is primarily a Norwegian artist. Uh, she was an internal selection for Greece. Uh, her song Run previously won a music prize in 2015. Uh, she was a contestant on the Norwegian music competition, The Stream, but did not make it to live shows. Uh, and she's been studying medicine, but took a break to focus on music. She is someone who I have seen live before. Oddly enough, I went to Iceland Airwaves a few years ago and caught part of her set, and I liked it a lot. So I was just very surprised uh, when she got announced for Greece. I love this song. I just think it is so beautifully executed. I think her voice is amazing. I love the structure of this song. I think there's a lot of like genuine emotion behind it. Like th This is someone who knows what they're doing. My only concern is that like I'm not getting winner vibes from this and maybe that's just me like just kind of getting burnt from some of my previous like oh I love this so much I really hope it wins. You you're trying to like temper your expectations. Yeah, yeah, cuz like I I was really big into Bulgaria last year and that one uh did, underperformed. I'm I'm hoping this one does not underperform. This is another one where I I feel like it, it can be kind of high risk high reward uh just in terms of its style and like is it is it a little too forward thinking for the contest right now or like is the audience going to go for something that's a little bit more familiar and eurovisiony or does this one have a chance? And I'm hoping this one has a chance. I think I would agree with that. I like this one a lot too. This is in my my top half of this group. I like the production a lot uh, as as Mike you were sort of saying it had uh, an interesting sound it had an interesting kind of uh, to use Ben's word vibe to it i listened to most of them twice all of them twice i listened to this one a third time without watching the video to see how that changed my opinion of it because the video is not a performance that that we watched it's like a sort of a professional looking music video I was like, do I like this song because I also like the visuals that are coming with it and it's kind of adding to the song. So I, w I listened to it without watching it and I still liked it as much. I'm like, all right, there we go. It's not futuristic. That's not the right word, but it has kind of sort of a, a little futury vibe to it. Again, with the vocals, with the production. This is to me the one of the songs that uses sort of a tempo change. I think this uses tempo changes the best. I think it knows when to slow down. It knows when to speed up. It knows when to kind of go a little bit bombastic and and sort of pull it back. Mike, like you said, this is this is sort of it knows what it's doing, and I think that's I think that's in its favor. Of these, this one very much feels like it's not something written exclusively for the contest. It's a, it's a song she had and like a good song she had that Greece happened to be at the right time to go. We would like this to be our Eurovision entry, which I think is the right way to go with the contest these days. I am very excited to see some live performances of this, just to see how are they doing sort of the intro vocals, just because it's it's her voice and like some processing underneath, which I think that is sort of the high risk, high reward if they can pull it off. But like, again, I like the build of this. We shouldn't focus entirely on the video, but like the video is also just very good. Yes, at sort of setting the mood for the song and also just doing some very nice tourism coverage for Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Portugal's song is come to the beaches of Portugal. And, and this one is hang out at a really cool place in Greece with me. <laughs> Both 
tactics I support. So, oh yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing against either one. I of mean, them. I mean, yeah, like that—that that yeah. is sort of like always, sort of quietly in the back of my head as I'm like uh, trying to figure out who I want to root for. Is like, okay, so if I go to the contest, where do I want to be for like a week? Mm-hmm. Would not be mad about Grace. Nope, nope, not at all. So, <laughs> but no, like it's just like a very solidly structured song, and I I like it a lot of the stuff on this list it's one that i go to on my playlist more more than just when we were prepping for this and i'm i'm just sort of excited to see how she continues to develop as an artist because again like i was familiar with her before this this is very much sort of in the same space as what she's been doing Closing out our show, but not quite closing out the semifinal, is Norway's entry, Subwolfers Give That Wolf a Banana. So Subwolfer won Norway's NRK Melody Grand Prix. They're kind of a fictional band. I don't know why I'm saying kind of. They are a fictional band, but they did provide a contest bio to the NRK site. Brothers Keith and Jim met 4.5 billion years ago when the moon was a separate planet. Since then, they have conquered every planet in the universe with their music and are thus the largest band in the galaxy ever. On June 20th, 1969, the prophet Neil fell from heaven. They called him the man with the strongest arms. He promised to help Keith and Jim become superstars on Earth. He would come and get them when they had written the best song in the whole universe. Neil, unfortunately, never came back, but Subwoofer got hold of DJ Astronaut and has now come to Earth. This is very weird theology. (laughs) Now they will look for Neil and take the musical throne with the song Give the Wolf a Banana. They will achieve this by performing on the most prestigious stage on Earth, MGP Norway 2022. Sorry, Eurovision. That's happening. And uh, just just to do a little bit more research, uh, I I don't know why I did this. Yeah, I, like, I, I have some questions, Mike. So I did a search on Subwoofer slash fic and uh, did end up finding something on uh, AO3. Yeah, no, I, I read the, the various tags on that and did not proceed further. At the top of the summary, they do have a content warning. This work is very explicit and very gay, so beware. I just found that hilarious. I, I skimmed through it. Um, it's fine. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm sort of at the point where I'm like mad at myself for how much I like this one. Because like it's it's very silly. But I'm I I'm just like fully into it, I guess. With the 2020 contest and then with some of the entries in the 2021 contest, there were a few entries where I'm like, should I learn the dance that goes with this? Is, is this when I finally joined TikTok? And I have been thinking about doing that with the Subwoofer Dancer. I'm like, this is easy enough. I could figure it out. <laughs> in addition to the the wonderful backstory that we just covered, I have also enjoyed the the many uh, YouTube. Okay, but like if we look at who was in the parking lot of the arena on this date for the live to tape performance, it's these two guys. And if we look at the Instagram stories, this was clearly taped beforehand. Like, I love that. This is this is delightful. And I'm glad that they put them towards the end of the program. It's weird that they're not closing it to me. Like, it's really weird that they're putting Armenia after this. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I'm just going to still be thinking about Subwoofer during Armenia. 
Mike, what do you think of this one? Have have you joined TikTok to do the dance? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the the entirety of my notes for this song say, I mean, yes. <laughs> that is all I wrote down. Um, ben was kind enough to send this to me even before I knew I was going to do this. And when I saw this was in the group, I was so excited to get to listen to this again. I... I am totally in the, the same area as Ben. I love this song to no end. It is silly. It is fun. I find myself randomly singing the little background vocals out of nowhere. It's so good. And I, as Ben said, I love that they're just they're they're committing to the bit. It's so good. This is the only this is the only song that kept Iceland from being my favorite one because this one is by far my favorite one in this group. I love it. The number of times a day I will just be sitting, minding my own business, where in the back of my brain, it'll just go, banana. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> yep. I love it. Again, this is sort of my naivete about the history of Eurovision uh, rearing its head again. I hope the silliness doesn't almost sort of double back on itself and it becomes kind of too silly and it kind of you know it sort of loses its charm in some people's eyes because i that could happen it's 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 that i think it's perfectly pitched silliness for me but i can see where other folks might not agree with that opinion and i would i i wonder if that will not backfire is again isn't maybe the right word but it'll it'll sort of detract from its its appeal i get that I, I am also like fully in the bag for this track and like this one is actually giving me winter vibes, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. Oh, okay, but, okay, good. Like I've been quietly going, okay, but what if we go to Oslo in twenty twenty three? I mean, it definitely has the kid appeal, uh, which which I don't think can be discounted. I think it's also like it it just depending on what ends up advancing, because this has been a very dour Eurovision lineup. I would say, and this this is going to be a beam of sunshine in whatever the final field ends up looking like. I think they are embracing the silliness, but I, it feels like it's embracing the silliness the way that Kaino was kind of silly in 2019, and that won the audience vote. I can see this one easily winning the audience vote. Like, I mean, th this is kind of on the level of the Russian grannies in 2012. Yeah. There's definitely precedent for this, but like I don't know if you follow them on social media, but there is an archness to their content. Uh, they performed at the Barcelona pre-party. There were a number of people who thought that they were just uh, like, well, lip syncing. You can't see their lips, but that it just was not a live vocal. And they tweeted afterwards, like, oh, I guess you have to hit a few bum notes and sing like crap uh, for people to believe that it's a live vocal. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like they they definitely know what's up. Uh, I think that's also just kind of feeding into the speculation of like who it might be. I'm just making ridiculous guesses at this point and mm -hmm. uh, enjoying it. So right now I'm thinking it's Paul Simon and Chevy Chase because of the You Can Call Me Al video, <laughs> yeah. but pretty sure it's not them. So <laughs> I am. I'm just going to throw out a, a Ken Jeong-esque. Uh, it's Tina Turner. There, yes, exactly. It's <laughs> Tina Turner and Bjork. Yep. <laughs> But what if it is? But what if it is? <laughs> well, also, I'm just like, the real reason to, to want them to win is that what if that means that we don't get to find out who they are until 2023 and whoever signed up for this did not read that part of the, the fine print? 
is is this the me sowing me reaping meme come to life right yes. there we go yes, yes. <laughs> yeah we are we are about to find out uh if if subwoofer is going to enter its me reaping phase i don't doubt that this will qualify like i i'm i'm very confident for that so if i had to pick like one song in the semifinal i'm like yeah that's going through i'm like norway has it mm-hmm. good job norway uh, well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Well, thank you for having me. This was immensely fun, and I am a yay. I, I guess this is the the uh, podcast version of first time, long time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you for that. Is there anything that you'd like to plug or point people to? If you like nonsense about baseball and curling and other random things like that, I'm on Twitter. At Mike Nothnagel, N-O-T-H-N-A-G-E-L. You'll probably get your fill of me there, so uh, I guess we'll leave it at that. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of the Eurowhat. Thanks for listening. The Eurowhat podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can follow the Eurowhat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Eurowhat. Show notes are in the description of this episode and on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at eurowhat on Twitter, or you can email eurowhatpodcast at gmail.com. Next time on the Eurowhat, Justin Ladia will be returning to the show to help us kick off our coverage of the second semifinal. Banana. <laughs>